Welcome to The Room, where we talk about the hard parts of leadership that every great leader goes through, but no one wants to talk about. I'm Jenny Dufresne, host of The Room podcast and CEO of Leaders Transform, a business growth training firm. I am a global leader, former United States Marine, international best-selling author, community, and business leader. The Room is your safe space. We'll talk about the things that are difficult for leaders, the tough stuff that leaders aren't willing to be vulnerable about, but we really need to. So come on in, close the door, join me in the room. I know leaders and I know leadership. Hi friends, welcome to the room. I'm Jenny Dufresne and today I'm, I want to have a bunch of stuff on my mind actually. Um, imagine recording an entire episode of a podcast and then the entire time rethinking it and taking it down. Um, that's actually the case, uh, but I still have some things I want to explore from the podcast that I did take down. So I always say that leadership is an inside job, first and foremost. You can learn all the theory about leadership. You can sit in all the classes about leadership. But at the end of the day, leadership is all about what we choose, what we believe in, what we understand about ourselves, our actions, and our behaviors. And so, you know, it it sounds easy, but in fact, thinking about leadership as an inside practice, first and foremost, really means that we have to be connected to our own conversation. We really have to be reflecting on the actions that we take or the behaviors that we exhibit uh, or the, 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 the things that we do the things that we do to ourselves as well as the things that we do to other people, specifically our team members, colleagues, uh, and others that we're working with. And leadership isn't, isn't just limited to work, right? We, we lead in multiple places. Some of us have wonderful titles, whether we're le- leading at work, we're leading you know, in the boardroom, if we're leading in nonprofits, if we're leading uh, in uh, spiritual religious institutions, we can have formal titles, you know, the you know, director, executive director, vice president, president, CEO. We can have all of those titles. But there's also informal leadership, and that, I think, is the leadership that is happens inside of our homes. We don't necessarily get a title, uh, you know, a title that comes all, often with money, you know, for with our mother or a father, a grandmother, grandfather, uh, aunt or uncle, or if we're a friend. So there's lots of many, many ways that we uh, are leaders in, in our lives. And the, the episode that I recorded earlier, and I, I still might put it up, I just, I'm really reflecting on it, is about leadership in the world of sport. Now, a couple of disclaimers from me. Because I grew up in an extremely rural environment, there were only about 175 people in the town that I grew up in, um, I, and I we, we had to take we had to travel quite a distance in order to go to school. I never had the opportunity to participate in sport for a lot of a lot of reasons, but that was one of them. And so, uh, as a mother uh, now of a 13 year old and a 20 something, uh, I've had the opportunity most recently in the last few years to spend a lot of time in uh, the sport of soccer, of football, as it is known around the world. And, you know, soccer or football is a global sport 
it is probably in countries outside of the United States more significant than the U.S. football, American football, or basketball. Um, maybe close, coming close to baseball as a global sport. But it is truly a sport that anyone can play. Men, women, boys, girls, uh, does not matter your race, your ethnicity, does not matter your, uh, your size of your wallet. If you have a round ball and you can create something that looks like a goal on two ends of a field, uh, you don't have to have turf. You don't have to have anything special. It's nice if it's turf, but I've seen children play. I've seen men, grown men and women play on hard-packed earth. So it doesn't require specifically special, any sort of special things. So this past weekend, we had a huge tournament that we're a part of. My son plays competitive sport in a competitive league, and he's African-American, and the team that he's on is a mix of children from all over the world, um, Caucasian kids, Asian kids, um, uh, Central, South and Central American children, so really children from all over the world, and and parents from all over the world. And one of the experiences that we've had, that we had this weekend was our opposing team was very good and we were getting our cookies handed to us. And the the team was, was very aggressive. They were, they were, you know, they were very physical. I should say they're a very physical team, our, our opponents. And so we were really getting beaten. Uh, I think the final score was eight to zero. So, you know, it was a, it was a pretty big thrashing. But at the end of it, um, a number of our our players ran off the field, and it was two or three Caucasian players started just talking. Really, the whole our whole team was talking, but several of the Caucasian players said that the members of the opposing team, one member in particular, had called them the N word. So Caucasian players on our team were called the N word in a, a, an aggressive, direct, um, kind of demeaning way by a player from the opposite team. And our Caucasian players were quite literally stunned. A term that people have often said, oh, it's just a word, it doesn't really matter, it's not really important, it doesn't have any impact in your life, you know, get over it. And that's what I think sometimes uh, African-American, the African-American community is told about the N-word. Um, it had been used, directed at these Caucasian players. As a parent, I was dismayed, disappointed, disgusted, and floored. The player from the opposing team had actually been um, saying other things as well, and had, in the midst of play, had been given a yellow card by the referee. So our players are having all of this conversation, and they were really disrupted. And I was, I was, a bit ticked off, and so I um, I went over to the ref and I reported to the referee, uh, who's the head referee. I reported to him what had happened. And he says, oh, he says, I, I saw the player. He said, I gave him a yellow card, but it was for something else related to maybe how the player had spoken to the ref. And I said, well, listen, this is a real problem. I brought, the, I brought our players over. They shared their story. And the ref said, well, you need to talk to the field marshal. 
So we address it with the field marshal, and the field marshal was was horrified. And he said, you know, I'm so sorry that happened. I don't really, that's, that's just not what we should be doing in soccer. It's not correct. And he said, I will call the headquarters level. So I said, okay, great. Um, and I'm still thinking about it. And I had talked to the uh, opposing team, a couple of their players, just casually. I said, hey, hey guys, you know, where is your coach? And this group of young, young boys said, well, why do you want to know? What, what, what's wrong? Why do you need to know this? Why? And I literally, when I say that I spoke to them like, Hey, you know, because the, the conversation isn't with children. The conversation is with adults that I wanted to have. And so the, this player team started telling me sort of, well, I don't know. I don't know. And I said, well, you know, where is your team manager or who is your team manager? Oh, well, I don't know where she is because it was one of the kids' moms. Oh, I don't know. Why, why do you need to talk to her? I don't, I don't know. Now, again, mind you, these are 13-year-olds, and yeah, I get that they can boys can be boys, but I would guarantee you had anyone spoken or asked those questions of our team, they would have directed the adult to whoever uh, the adult was asking for. So that was kind of a red flag for me in terms of what this team's culture was all about. I then uh, was walking around and someone, I, I finally figured out or saw who the coach was. So I walked up to the coach and I said, hi coach, you know, my name is Jenny and I'm a parent of the, um, the, the team you all just played. And I just wanted to bring something to your attention, which has been really uh, disturbing. And I said, you know, one of your players, player number, and I gave him the number, um, was on the field using the N-word against um, members of our team in a really kind of hostile, demeaning, uh, and aggressive way. And I'm quite literally sharing the information just like this. And the coach looked at me. He said, oh, okay. He said, well, I'll take care of it. And I, I paused and I really thought about his response. Now, you may be asking me, Jenny, the room is all about leadership, so why are you sharing this information? I have a couple of reasons. One, it is the power of leaders, both formal leaders and informal leaders. And sport is where a lot of boys and girls learn how to be a good team member, how to, um, how to navigate difficult situations, how to be good sports, good sportsmen or good sports, uh, good sports players. So take into consideration that this team was very aggressive and wouldn't answer an adult's question, which again, I, the conversation wasn't for them. I just merely wanted to know who, you know, who their coach was or who their, their, uh, team manager was. And then when I get to the coach, I realized that the coach was, very not concerned. And what even took me aback even further was here is a team that is very good. They are, they are actually a very, a very highly ranked team. And there was a sense of not just superiority, but a sense of a lack of humility, a, a lack of kind of being in tune with the situation. Now I'm looking at the coach and I go back to my first statement, leadership is an inside job. And what I, what I believe that I was seeing in this coach in his nonchalant response was a lack of understanding of the importance of his leadership in forming the team's culture 
informing the team's sportsmanship and informing even, uh, even the power of winning. What I was getting from him was that winning was far more important than being good team members, uh, than doing, doing things the right way, treating people with respect on, on any team. And so I was underwhelmed by his response and he, you know, oh, yeah, I'll take care of it. That's literally how he said. And so I went back to the field marshal and I said, you know, I just spoke with the, with the coach and he doesn't really appear to have, you know, a, 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 really doesn't seem to have the understanding of the seriousness of what his player is doing and the impact that it has had on another team. And so, uh, so the, the field marshal agreed and said, you know, I've reported it to the headquarters and what they've told me is that this player will be suspended for three games. And if he is on a scholarship, he will lose his scholarship. And so I said, okay. And then I thought, and I was, I walked away and, uh, shared the news with our, with our parents. I thought about accountability and how sometimes leaders will say, oh, you know, I'll do that. I'll take care of that. And we walk away believing that they've done it. And yet we don't really have, we don't close the loop. We don't, we don't identify or state explicitly how things will happen. So fast forward, we, we left with, this was a morning game. We came back around four o'clock for the afternoon game, actually around three o'clock. And as our boys are walking up the field to go to the, the, the soccer pitch that they'd be playing in, we see this team that had beaten us earlier in the day and the same player who had been demeaning, using derogatory and demeaning language, he was still practicing and getting ready for another game. So I kind of hit the roof. Because again, if we communicate to team members, or in this case, we communicate to children, hey, if something is wrong, let it, you know, tell a parent, tell your adult, tell your teachers, tell whomever, so that we can handle it. And our boys walked past this team and saw that particular player still suited up, still practicing, warming up to get ready for a game. So myself and a couple of other parents, we pivoted. We went back and found the headquarters, um, the headquarters building and found the person who was responsible for the entire tournament. Now, this tournament is huge. There's probably a couple thousand people. There are 26 soccer fields at this uh, particular uh, tournament. And so we spoke to the head of the tournament. And he said, okay, I understand the seriousness of this. And we said, look, we've talked to the coach, we've talked to the referee, we've talked to the field marshal, but this player is still out here on the, on the soccer field getting ready to play. And that sends a terrible message. It reinforces a sense of um, on a, in a lack of accountability. So as a, as a young person, this particular child does not need to be responsible for his words because he's rewarded. He was an excellent player too, by the way, the kid that was using these epithets, he was a, an, an excellent player. And so it reinforces that your, your talent, um, is more important than your conduct and your behavior. 
Again, this is all about leadership. We can have a sales, a head of sales team whose ability to get sales is extraordinary, but his conduct or her conduct are really egregious and rip apart a team or are demeaning to other people. And so the lesson here goes not only just to sport, but it also goes outside of sport. So the head of the entire tournament understood the gravity and the seriousness of the situation, as well as the disruptiveness to, the, to, to our team, our boys, who did the right thing. They came and they told an adult rather than handling it themselves, which would have been a fight. But the adults in this particular chain, the leaders in this particular chain of events, had not stepped forward and really taken serious action. So we spoke to the head of the entire tournament. He said, that is unacceptable behavior. And what I will do is I will bring the coach here. I, and the, they happen to know, he happened to know the coach. I will speak to the coach and that player will be uh, suspended for the next three games, for the rest of the tournament and for the next, uh, and for games outside of the tournament. And, uh, and there would also be some other discussions around, um, around consequences to the team as a whole. Now, we had to walk away, and uh, we're a veteran family. We're a military veteran family, and the person we were speaking to happened to also be in law enforcement, so uh, a person in, in uniform who understands service, who understands team, who understands... Uh, values and who understands mission and vision and those kinds of things and what does it mean to be a, a strong team member. Um, and so we had to walk away uh, accepting his word that, that it would be handled. Now, I, I just, I bring this up because sport, I guess what I started thinking about is how sport is a breeding ground for conduct later in life. Now, not everybody participates in sport. I understand that. But what I, I thought, there's so many things. Number one, parents who have children, if we are walking around in our homes, in the, you know, in our homes, and we are using racial epithets, it doesn't matter for who, against who, if we are making misogynistic statements about women, if we are making homophobic statements in the safety and comfort of our own homes, our children are always listening. And they are taking our informal leadership and they espouse it in the world. And so when we talk about you know, diversity, equity, inclusion, and belonging initiatives in corporate America, in corporate environments, nonprofit environments, what have you, this has really driven home to me that all of that work, we have to do, we have to be able to address conduct and words and how those words, the history behind words. We had one parent, one of the children who's a young, he's actually a biracial child, Caucasian and um, Hispanic. His family said, hey, it's just a word, it doesn't matter. The N-word is just a word, it doesn't, doesn't have any effect. Well, the kid was disrupted. And the piece that bothered me about the parent's statement is that the word has a history of demeaning, denigrating, killing um, people. 
especially African-American people in the United States. And so it's not just a word. Just like other words that we say are, oh, just a word, they really aren't just words. There's a reason why they're used. If they weren't, if they didn't have power, the power to demean, the power to humiliate, the power to denigrate, the power to um, assert, assert power over another person, those words would never be used. And so um, that's another piece of this, which is parents, when we diminish the significance of words because we don't know how to handle it or we don't believe in it. The particular parent that shared that said that to her son has told me directly, I don't believe in the air quotes woke culture. I don't know what it means to be a woke culture. I have no idea. I know that it has become a an, a, a nice term for people to use um, to, to, again, I think, um, keep people from understanding their sovereignty, their freedoms. Um, but that's not really the perspective that I have. I believe that there is um, history in words that is about power, about denigration. And this is about leadership. If we are leading informally at home as parents and we are saying things at home or we are treating male children differently than female children, one is at a you know one is treated uh, less than in any way. Um, we then have to understand that when we walk into the office, that we are perpetuating and bringing that same leadership to our teams. We may be smart enough not to use those words at work, but it does not mean that our beliefs are not operating. It does not mean that our actions are not operating. It does not mean that our behaviors aren't operating through a lens of power and a, a lens of power in which denigrating others is kind of the, the, the formal, the, 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 the structure that's operating. So when we talk about diversity, equity, inclusion, and belonging, when we talk about leadership, when we talk about all of these things, I think that what I've reflected on is the most important thing you can do is reflect on your own household. How are you, what, what are you talking about in front of your children? And what do you hear them saying to their friends? And do you interrupt it or do you just say things like, ah, those are just words. They're not going to hurt you. That's true. They may not hurt one kid, but ultimately words that um, have history behind them are painful to someone. And so if in your reflective moments around your leadership, you might realize that you're uncomfortable with certain aspects of history that of people that don't look like you. If that's the case, there's so much opportunity to learn and grow. And I believe that is a, a pivotal point, a seminal point of leadership, is learning and growing our own internal belief systems, our own internal structures, and then our actions being governed by new information, our words being governed by new information. The world of sport, and particularly children, when children are playing sport, it is a first place to exercise true leadership and to reinforce the messages of honor and respect. Um, enforce, you know, for those of you who may be coaches of children's teams, listen to what children are saying 
and address it head on and give children the understanding of what does it mean to be a good team member? You don't use negative words against, against someone that you is on your team. You just don't, right? Because it undermines the culture. It undermines the trust. It undermines the, the feeling of belonging uh, to a team. So this is a mix of a rant, I guess, a bit, um, but also I hope some messages around leading from within. What do you believe inside that is coming out in various ways, unconsciously even, but what do you believe? And the world of sport is a really extraordinary training and teaching ground for what it means to be an awesome leader what it means to be an awesome team member, and what it means to be someone who can be trusted um, with the the important things and important things about other people. So, if you found some value in this, please share it with a friend, uh, and definitely subscribe uh, to the podcast. The room is a labor of love and and reflection around leadership. Uh, I think leading is leadership is a truly um, wonderful, almost spiritual experience, but it requires work. And so I hope if you found this valuable today, subscribe and share it with a friend. Thank you for listening. Hey, it's Jenny. Thank you so much for joining me in this week's episode of The Room, a safe place where leaders come together to talk about the things that we don't often share out loud. If you enjoyed your time in The Room, please like or subscribe on your favorite platform and leave a review. And if you want to learn more about our important work with leaders, head over to the website, leaderstransform.com, and continue to be connected to our community. Thank you again for listening, and make sure you invite someone to next week's episode of The Room.